Welcome to Our Creator Calls, where we seek truth together. A couple weeks ago, I joined an online prayer meeting for the 2023 provincial election in Alberta, Canada. We ended up praying for six hours. Towards the end of the call, a woman named Stacy Jensen prayed passionately for God to move by the power of His Holy Spirit to reach people who don't know Jesus yet. Stacy then shared how she didn't believe in God or know who Jesus was until 2020. A couple of months into the pandemic, he supernaturally revealed himself to her when she was searching for answers about what was happening in the world. Stacy Jensen's encounter with our Creator radically transformed her life. When I heard her story, I knew she was meant to be a guest on this podcast, so you could hear her story too. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. Hello, Stacy. I'm so thankful that you have joined me on our Creator Calls today. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your story with us. Thanks so much. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Well, let's just start from the beginning. It's been about two weeks since uh, you and I spoke uh, when we first met each other on that uh, prayer call. And I, I knew right away when I heard you pray that here was somebody that really had a connection with Jesus. And then I found out that you had not been a Christian for very long. I would love to hear your story. Can you share how you came to know Jesus, why you finally decided, yes, I am going to follow you? I sure can. Um, so in March in 2020, when the pandemic started, the kids were home from school and I was really feeling a lot of fear from the pandemic. And I started calculating stats. I started seeking for answers as to what was happening in our world because it hadn't hit our community yet. And so I was seeking and seeking for answers. And I actually had followed a Q conspiracy theory. And at the bottom of the Q conspiracy theory, it says God wins at the bottom of every post. And so I would watch that or read that. And then I would see God wins. And I'd say, what does God have to do with this? Why, why did I say God wins? Because I was actually raised atheist. And so I would keep watching these posts and it would say God wins. And then there was John 3.16 on one of the posts on one of these Q posts. And I, I thought to myself, why are they bringing Bible scripture into this? What does the Bible have to do with this? So I actually started seeking answers in some of the people who I knew went to church in our community. And they started talking about revelations and end times. And it really scared me because I knew what was going on was very odd in the world. And so I just kept seeking and answers and I started calculating stats to try and figure out where we were at in the world. And I started um, reading a little bit of revelations, trying to just on Google and going onto a Bible app. And so I was uh, asking, I kind of connected with a lady and I just, I just knew something was wrong and it kept leading me back to this Q conspiracy theory and God. And so I was going through a field taking supper to my husband and one of my friends had sent me a Donald Trump prophecy stating that he was going to be a president for two years, but that he is God's David. And again, I was like, what does this have to do with God? Why is, why is he a David and what's he standing against? And I was just trying to figure it all out. And I came around the corner in the field and there was a cloud in front of me and there was no clouds in the sky. The whole entire sky was completely clear. And in front of me was a cloud with these two bright holes. The sun was right behind it and they were radiant out of these two holes and the lines were crossing in front, the rays were crossing in front. It was absolutely beautiful. But all of a sudden I felt an overwhelming feeling of love coming from that from that cloud and I actually felt like my heart was being pulled to it. It was, it was an absolute amazing feeling. And I, and I was like, is that God? And I could feel a pull, almost a pull, like a supernatural pull to that cloud. And all of a sudden in my ear, I heard, get away from that cloud. Don't look at that cloud and get around the corner. And so I pinned the gas pedal down to the floor driving through a field with a car going 120 kilometers an hour got through the field and i went to turn the corner and my vehicle i just i stopped i i don't actually remember how i stopped it felt very supernatural and i got out of the car and i i actually just 
laid on the front of my car and started crying looking at that cloud because I just felt like it had taken me. I felt like, I don't know how to describe it, just so much love coming from it that it had just taken me. And so I laid there and cried for a few minutes and then I, I decided to take a picture of it with my phone. And then I got back in the car and I went home and I sat down and I said, you're losing it. Like you've actually lost it. This, this pandemic has got right to your head. And this was in May of 2020. So two months, April, May, two months after the pandemic started. So I thought, well, I'll go listen to some ACDC and I'm gonna go put my music on and listen to it and get my mind off what happened because I've just lost it. That's all there is. So I pushed play on my phone and hallelujah came out on my phone. So it definitely was not, was not um, me losing it. So then I had a big cry again. And then I just, I remember crying for two weeks afterwards because I felt so overwhelmed with the feeling that I had in me just from that moment. And I said to my husband, I think I've cracked because I just found God in the cloud in the middle of the field and I heard an awful sound telling me to get away from it. And I said, I think I've finally cracked. And my husband looked at me and he said, Stacy, if you cracked, he said, you wouldn't know it. So what happened must be real. So amazing because then I, <laughs> I didn't feel so scared, but I navigated through it for, you know, a long time. And I had a lot of people that, that has, have just walked, been right there walking me through it. And it's just been amazing stepping in to teach me and it's been amazing. Wow. It's interesting that you mentioned about the, the cloud because Jesus is referred to as coming in the clouds many yeah. times throughout the Bible. So that's uh, really interesting. And this was happening, you said, about two months into COVID yeah. back in 2020, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. May of 2020, yeah. Wow. So and I actually phoned, uh, sorry, I phoned one of my friends. Um, that I knew went to church and more of an acquaintance because I wasn't really friends with the people who went to church because I had zero belief. I was raised as an atheist or agnostic. Maybe I believe there was someone who created the world, but I didn't believe in God really. And I didn't even know who Jesus was. I didn't even know the story of Noah's Ark. So I, I really knew nothing, but I phoned one of my friends who went to church and I said, can you please tell me if, if there's anything like this in the Bible that can happen, like, I don't, I don't know what's happened, but I found God in a cloud. And she said, well, if you found God in a cloud, Moses was found, Moses found God in a burning bush. So I don't know why you couldn't be find God in a cloud. I was like, oh, good. So that's even better. <laughs> there's stories <laughs> like this that happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So wait, looking back, so this has been just over three years now. Yeah. Looking back, given your your upbringing, what do you think about all this? I mean, this must have been such a huge change for you to look, even look back at yourself. For instance, how would you have responded to someone else if they'd gone through this? If you think of yourself and think about how you'd respond to somebody else, it must have been a huge shift. Mm, huge shift huge shift in fact a 180 but the funny thing is is I said to my mom I when I first started reading the Bible and I read the Ten Commandments I, I actually phoned my mom because my dad passed away years ago and I said mom what do you mean that we didn't believe in God because I said do you know how many times my dad sat me down and said we do not steal and this is why and we do not lie and this is why and I was raised very much with those values very much so and and my mom did have a belief but my dad really didn't and so because of that she kind of pushed you know he kind of pushed it away a little bit but yet he followed all the moral compass of the bible but didn't recognize where it came from right so it was it was a very big aha moment for me that i realized that that is why i was raised the way i was raised and i found out that my grandmother read the bible so probably i had a lot of generational blessings to get to this point right and yeah it's and so it was it was a shock and now I I look at it but I also feel like maybe there's a little bit of deception as to what we think when we're not believers what who we think God really is I think that there's a deception to a non-believer and I think it's kind of a lie from the enemy is is what it is to who who we think God is because God as I thought who he was is not is not that is not who he is right 
as a non-believer. It is not just dressing up in a dress and going to church once a week. It is an everyday, every step of your life thing, right? So I see it differently now than I saw then, but I actually think it was lies from the devils then that to keep me away from who God really is. Do you think, based on what happened to you, you had a very supernatural experience in many mm-hmm. ways, right? Do yeah. you think that you would have been able to connect with Jesus, with our creator, just through the conventional church means? No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And I, I actually look at what's happened now and I, there's, there's actually a backstory to it. If, if we want to go down that road, when I was standing up in church speaking one day, I was standing up and I was speaking about the glorious things that God was doing in my life. I love to share in the prayer and share time because he does so many things and it is so obvious what he does. And so I love to share. And so I got up and I shared. And when I left, I had a Facebook message come through. And this lady said to me, God has given me permission to tell you now. And she said, our family has prayed for your family for 50 years. And she said, when you stood up and spoke in church, God said, now is the time. And so I am sharing with you that at your husband's grandfather's funeral, I looked over at you and God told me she is the way. And she, and she said at that time, she was almost sobbing because she was so thankful because he knew that when she looked over at my husband, that he was going to answer prayers. And after the funeral, she left and she started asking people if I was a Christian and everyone said, no, she doesn't know anything about God. I've never seen her talk about God and she swears. And (laughs) obviously I wasn't a Christian. And so she knew that this would be happening to me. So she shared that with me to say that she knew 20 years before that, because God told her at, at a funeral that he would be choosing me to help with the prayers answered for the family. So that's a, that's an amazing display of how our God answers prayers, right? You may have to pray for 50 years, but in his time, he answered that prayer. And that's amazing. That is amazing. And he does answer prayer, but he answers it in his perfect timing. And I really hope that that gives people, you know, encouragement because we pray. I mean, I'm the only Christian in my family still. I've been walking with the Lord for 27 years and still no one else in my family has made a commitment to Christ. They're all good people. Just like, you know, you were growing up and following the ways of the Bible without really maybe even knowing that. I mean, I grew up going to church too. I did grow up with a a Catholic upbringing. So I do understand that. But I I think there was a, a little lady that I used to do errands for. I think she was the one that prayed for me. So you really, you personally know how powerful prayer is and how much it is answered by God in his perfect timing. And that is, uh, would you say that's why you have such a connection when it comes to prayer? Because I really did see that when we were on that prayer call is like you, you knew you were actually talking to God. Yes. You know what, whatever happened to me that day, it, it has, it has overcome me. Like I, I, I love God. I love Jesus. And, you know, I'm not afraid to tell people. And, and it's funny because I feel like maybe even, even people who don't know Jesus, when they hear from somebody who they know, didn't know Jesus, they know that I, I, I did not know very obviously. Right. And so when I speak to them, I feel like they almost connect with me because they know that this is a change that's just happened to me, right? So it's impacted a lot of people. Like all of my friends, my my close friends are non-believers. My my close friends, not one of them, were were believers in Jesus, followers of Jesus, followers of their way, you know. Um, and it's really interesting what's happened since then because, you know, that happened in May and that summer. Nobody really knew because it was actually very overwhelming for me. I never talked about it to anybody because it actually overtook my whole body that day. And so that that summer is kind of the first time I started talking to people. And I was sitting with a bunch of my friends on the beach um, when we were camping. And I heard God say, tell them. And I was like, you want me to tell my friends that I met you in a cloud in the middle of a field and 
how much I love you? And he's like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I told them and they, they all just kind of, holy, okay. But a couple months later, one of them messaged me and she said, do you think I can go to church with you sometime? Because something's making me feel like I want to go to church. I said, absolutely. So, so we did. But in the meantime, every single person that was sitting on that beach, we all now have a Bible study with all of those girls that were all, and they may have believed in a God kind of like I did, but they never, to my knowledge, none of them read the Bible. Well, one of them did actually grew up with it, but she'd totally fallen away from it. And maybe they all kind of grew up with it, but none of them really followed it. But now we actually have a Bible study once a week and just finished going through the book of Daniel. And it's just been really amazing because it's through, through that, and that's in our little community and uh, some of my other friends as well, but it's actually spreading into other communities as well, because I have friends all over in our rural communities and, you know, we'll, we'll be at a branding and God will say, tell them. And I was like, okay. And, and I totally trust him when he tells me to tell somebody because I know that he's going to prepare their heart and I know that he's going to call them basically. And, and the other couple people that I've, really opened up to they're both reading the Bible and they were definitely non-believers at all like and now they're reading the Bible and we're attending weekly prayer meetings that are very very powerful prayer meetings and um, through zoom and so we're attending those and it's just been amazing to see what God is doing because it's it's got nothing to do with me he's just using me to call his people into him for this time so it's it's really quite amazing to see what's happening in our little communities. Absolutely. And that's so awesome that you're able to actually be with uh, your friends and, and they knew what you were like before and now they've seen the transformation yeah. and it can be shocking. I mean, I, I yeah. get it. I, I really changed overnight as well, you know, so I, I yeah. get how, what kind of a change that can be. Now you say that it's spreading and people are coming to know him do you think that this is, um, people have been praying for a movement of God. I mean, that movie just came out, Jesus Revolution, about the the move of God that, you know, came out of the hippie movement back in the early 70s and then led to the, the revolution of, of Jesus, basically, the Jesus people movement. Do you think something like that is, is happening now? I mean, you're talking about your own small communities, yeah. but it can happen anywhere and it can spread. Mm -hmm. Do you see something like that or what, what's your view? Well, I actually see it's going to come to that because I think people are seeking for peace and people, you know, they see the unrest in the world and they, even in rural areas, you see the unrest and you see the division that COVID caused and you see all of that stuff. And so I really do believe that it will come to that. I don't think it's as big as it's going to be. I think it's going to be really big. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. But you know, you just have like when people people phone you and there's things going on, you just have the opportunity to say yes, but God wins this, right? You know, because people see the corruption within different systems in our in our world and stuff. And and it's just such a good opportunity to say, but God wins this. And and so the, I think the spiritual war is getting very apparent. There's there it's really hard to not pick a side. There's good and there's evil, right? And so I just make sure when I'm telling people good that it's actually Jesus and not God, because there's so many different gods, what people say is a God, but I always just use the name Jesus because I want people to know that it's Jesus and not another God. So when you look at the way things are, and you had such a spiritual experience, do you think that's what it's going to take in this world for people to come out and to actually realize that God is real, that there is a spiritual battle that's happening right now? Well, I think, I think people actually see, everybody sees that there's a bit of a spirit. They see that there's something wrong. A lot of people anyways, in our communities do. Um, most of us are farmers. We're all small town people. And people see that there's evil. They see there's corruption in the governments. They see there's corruption everywhere. And so people are asking questions, you know, why, why is this happening? And if you go back to that cute conspiracy theory, it is something so very simple and, and maybe it's not biblical sound. Maybe it's not what, what you want people to read, but 
as a person who does not believe in God, when you see something that says God wins and you see little blurps of scripture in something that makes you ask questions about what's going on in the world and you know those questions are real, it plants seeds that you can't undo. And and I actually was on a bit of a, I guess is it a like a forum about a Q conspiracy theory. And I someone said, can I ask how many people have turned to God because of the Q conspiracy theory? And there was so many testimonies. And so I look at that and I think, you know what? Even if it is completely evil, when you say God and you put scripture in there and people are desperate to know what the truth is in the world and they're scared and they say God wins, I think it just plants such amazing seeds in non-believers because if you were to go up and just start talking about God as a person who knows God, they'd probably roll their eyes and walk away. But when when they embrace it and they encounter it all on their own and it comes up and they have to make the decisions to read it and then they see it and it plants those seeds. I think it's absolutely amazing what those seeds can do, right? And I had a lady say, oh, you shouldn't be reading that stuff. That'll, that's, that's wrong information, only read your Bible. And I said, don't ever disregard what things like that do to people who are non-believers because we don't know. And even what the devil uses for evil, God will use for good. So even if it is completely, completely wrong, God can use that, right? And believers. So all we need to do is pray that when they read it, those eyes, the eyes and ears open and people see what the truth is, right? Yeah, because it is his word. And whenever his word is out Mm -hmm. there, wherever it is, he uses it because it's the truth and it can penetrate people's hearts, right? And I would say in today's world too, I mean, even from my own experience, I never had anybody actually come and talk to me about Jesus. And I did talk to people who were Christians and it never sounded, this is just my own experience. It never sounded authentic. It always sounded like they were talking about somebody or about something or, or repeating what somebody had told them as opposed to speaking from their own experience that they had, you know, had themselves. Right. And so because for me, authenticity is really, really important. And I think that for me is what struck me about when I first heard you, when I first met you that day, is it seemed very authentic. And I Mm -hmm. believe in today's world, people want authenticity wherever that's going to be. So how would you say that in terms of going forward, what would you say would be the best way to reach people like yourself not long ago with the truth? Because there's a lot of things going on out there would you suggest any other ways that would be good ways to reach people? Well, honestly, I just think that people are going to ask questions because they're going to see, they're going to see there's a war of good and evil. They're going to see that there's so much evil, so much evil. And I really just think planting those seeds and saying, but you know what? Evil doesn't win. Evil doesn't win this and giving them that hope and that faith because evil doesn't win. We know God wins and he's already won when Jesus was raised off the cross right, or off the behind the stone, right? So we have that hope and that faith, but when they see that light and they see that we have that hope and that faith, I just feel like that's what gives them and it draws them to, to ask questions, right? And I think honestly, just saying, you know, evil doesn't win this because I have talked to people in the last few days that are completely unbelievers and said that and they said, what do you mean? And I, and I kind of, and I told them what had happened to me and they, and they actually didn't even know what had happened. And these are even people in our own community. And we ended up talking about God and now I'm sending her things, right? Because she was desperate to know what's going on. She said, how are we ever going to fix this world? Stacey, I said, yeah, we're not, we're, we're not going to fix this. Like this is way beyond our scope. I said, there's only one way. And you know, that, that scripture reading, it says, uh, Seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, um, repent for your sins, and I will heal your nation. I will hear your cry from heaven, and I will heal your nation. It is actually one of the scriptures, the very first scriptures that I read. And I was like, wow. So if we cry out, and I actually had to look up what is what is sinful. Like I didn't know what sinful was, right? What is sinful? And and it was amazing to be able to put that together because it is the first one of the first scriptures God put right in front of my face. And so... I actually tell people that scripture a lot, right? And I said, you know, our world has gotten so evil. People have turned away from what is good and what was good to those who call evil good and good evil, right? And those are all scriptures, but I kind of say them to people in 
in a way that they can understand. And when I do say them, and after we talk, when I walk away, I just pray that God waters their, their seeds because he put me in their path for a reason, right? And I think it's really important that I recognize that he did call me right now for a reason. I mean, I've, I was 43 years old when God came to me in that cloud. So he called me right now for a reason. And he has saved my family over and over and over from so many things through this pandemic that, and just in life general, like with the power of prayer, we've had so many experiences there. God has saved our family from that. I am forever in his debt. And I, I, I say, please use me and let me be your faithful servant. So what kinds of things did God help you with? You said through the pandemic with your family, can you give us an example? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's done so many things. So he, at the very beginning of the pandemic and after he came to me and I started going to church and I actually started attending the Bible study because I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know where to find chapters and I needed to learn and I knew I needed to learn. And so we started doing, I don't even remember where it is in the Bible, but it started talking about generational sin in the Bible and that he would, um, afflict your family or um, punish your family for three or four generations. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was, I was just reading. And all of a sudden I heard God say, that's you. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> what do you mean? And so it's funny because I, I, then I contacted um, just some friends and started asking about what is generational sin. And a lot of people didn't actually know. So I started like, reading scriptures about generational sin. I started doing lots of digging in about what it is because when, when, when I started recognizing God's voice and he said, that's you, I recognize his voice because I've heard it my whole life and I didn't recognize it was his voice. And I do believe that a lot of people hear it. We just don't recognize that that's who it is. And so like an example, I was, he, he even saved us before he saved my son's life. God did when my son was, um, this is 20 years ago, he was uh, one year old and I was standing at the kitchen sink and I kept hearing, go check on Ryder, go check on Ryder, go check on Ryder. And I kept thinking, why would I do that? Because I just saw him and I went around the corner and my son was blue and he had choked in a Danzini water bottle lid. So I picked him up and did back blows and it flew out, he threw up. And I said to my husband, I really have amazing instinct. And that has been my whole life. I have heard that voice my whole entire life. And I look back on it now. And I think it's what really brought me to his mercy because I see that it's his voice. It's not my instinct. It is God's voice that has saved me my whole entire life. And I didn't know him and I didn't give him the credit. And now I give him all the glory for saving my mother's life, for saving my son's life for everything. So um, we've just had a lot of things in the pandemic. We actually had a car accident at the beginning of February. And um, I, the, but the bus canceled that morning and I was going to work. And so I said, well, I'm going to work. I'll take you guys to school because there was fog that day, but it wasn't bad at our house. So I said, I'll just take you to school. So I drove up the hill and we got to the highway and drove over to head to school. And we were on the highway and a man drove out right in front of us. He didn't know he was at the highway because it was foggy and we T-boned him. And so we ended up taking my daughter in the ambulance. I knew she was fine because I had prayed about it and asked God and he said it was fine. I wouldn't even let them put the IV in her arm because I knew that she was fine. And so she was fine. We got home and uh, my friend messaged me and she said, are you guys okay? I said, yeah, we're fine. And she said, can you look at your Instagram please? And I said, sure. What, what do you want me to look at? And she said, you're going to be rocked. So I looked at it. I opened up and it said, she had written, I am praying a hedge of protection around you and the kids this morning. And it was the very moment that we drove out of our driveway, driving up the hill, that she sent that message. So I was a blubbering mess because I hadn't had time to pray yet because we had just gotten home. I was just trying to decompress. And so that night I prayed and I was crying. And I told my husband, our friend messaged me and she prayed for me because God told her to pray right when we left the house. And he said, that's crazy. Why would, why would she do that? And I said, I, I don't know. So I prayed about it and I was crying. I said, but God, why did you allow that? Why did you allow me to get in an accident, but yet tell someone to pray for me so that I was protected? We walked away. We T-boned him. We had a, 
$90,000 truck, brand new truck, wrote right off, like 100% right off. And we were not, we walked out, not a single hurt on us or anything. And I said, I said, why? Why did you allow that to happen? And all of a sudden, God came through so clear and he said, you didn't listen. And he said, my sheep hear my voice and Stacy, you didn't listen. And I was like, holy man, what didn't I listen to? And so by then I was crying because I, I knew that I'd missed something. And, and that's, it's a scary thought when it's your family's life, right? And so I kept praying. I'm like, Lord, what, what didn't I miss? What did I miss? And what did you say to me that I missed? And I, I, I was closing my eyes and he literally gave me a vision of that morning and my 11 year old son. And he, that, that little boy has come a long way with Jesus too. But he looked at me and he said, mom, let's not go. We'll stay home from school. I said, oh no, I'm going to school. I'm going, I'll take you to school. We're gonna, I have to go to work and it's only another eight miles. I'll take you to school. It's not a big deal. Cause it was my kid's first day back. Cause I homeschooled them for a year. So it was his first day back. And so he said, no, mom, I think we'll just stay home. And I'm like, no, no, we're going to go. I didn't even slow down to think about it. So then I go to leave and my husband shows up at the door and he said, Stacy, you don't take the kids to school when the bus doesn't run. Why would you take them today? And I said, because it's Nate's first day of school, we're going to take him back. And so he gets to be back in his first day of school. Okay, get out of the way. I got to go. So I drove up the hill. And when I was going up the hill, God said to me, turn around and leave the kids at home. And I just, I thought, what a stupid thought. I was just in a hurry because I didn't, I didn't want to be late for work. And I was excited for Nate to go back to school and on his first day. So I didn't listen. So I drove up the hill and we hit this man. And the most amazing part of this accident is when we hit him, I, my steering wheel turned um, into him, which or away from the accident like back into him and the front of my driver's side hit the front wheel of his truck and took the pressure off his door and when I wrote the police report that day I actually said oh I tried to turn away from the accident I remember in my head trying to turn away from the accident and when I cranked the wheel I was trying to turn away but that is not the way that I hit him I turned into the accident which a person would never do right you would never turn into somebody and I did and it saved his life and there's the angels that watched walked over. And when I first hit that vehicle, I had the most amazing sensation of warm oil that poured over my head in this overwhelming feeling of peace. And I knew the scripture because it was like peace that surpasses all understanding. And it was exactly what I felt. It was astronomical. And I looked around in the vehicle and my son was crying and my daughter was crying. And my other son who is taking Jesus in his heart was as calm as a cucumber. And I was like, this is crazy. So I, I just kept praying into this. Sorry, I got off on track, but I kept praying into this accident. And, you know, so I didn't listen. I said, but I didn't listen. You told me not to go, but why did you let this happen? Because you, you had to allow this. And that morning, the man that I hit did three things that he has never done in his life. And he's been working, he's had that business for 30 years or 20 years in town. And he has never done three things in the morning. He's always at work at that time. And that morning he wasn't at work. And I said, why did you allow this? And he said, you didn't listen. And I said, okay, but why did you allow this? And he took me to Deuteronomy 28, which is, he said, Deuteronomy 28. So I open up the book because I had no, I've never read Deuteronomy. I'm trying to get through the Bible, but I haven't got there through the whole thing. And mm -hmm. it says, listen, it talks about listen and obeying and blessings and listening to all his commandments and obeying and the blessings that he will give to you for listening and obeying. And so he did, he, he led me through that whole scripture and I read it and I was a slobbering mess because I knew that I didn't listen to his voice. And so that he allowed that to happen. And I said, okay, I understand. And I will, I will listen. And he said, he actually said to me, Stacy, what's coming in this world. I need you to listen to my voice. Yeah. It is important that you listen. And he started leading me to Noah. What would have happened if Noah wouldn't have listened to my voice? You need to listen to my voice. And it was just, it was such an incredible lesson. And the lady who had prayed for us for 50 years, she's the person I always go to to tell things because I feel like she's partly responsible for what's happened to me. I mean, it's obviously God's blessing and choose to choice, but he's, he chose me to marry Tyler, right? 
And so I always go to her to tell her what she's teaching. And she actually, she actually knew after I told her we were in an accident, she had already prayed about it and she knew the lesson out of it. And, um, God had told me he wanted me to stand up in the congregation and tell the congregation what had happened. And, uh, she's that this lady, she's a lady who can't really go out in public because she has a lot of like allergic reactions to colognes and perfumes and stuff like that. And she attended church that day and sat at the back so that she could be there the day that I told the congregation about my accident, just to be there to support me because it was such, it was such an important message that God wanted me to share with the people, right? To listen to his voice so that we can outcome any harm that may come to us, right? If we listen, we will, he will be blessing to us, right? So that's one of the things. Um, there's just been so many things. We had a can I, I'm just, can I just stop you there for one? I just want to stop you there for one sec. Mm -hmm. This is so important what you're saying here. Yeah, I know. This is so important. And like you said, because you didn't listen, because things that are coming in the future, you need yeah. to listen. Yeah. It's, it's a very, if, if nothing else gets through in this interview to people yeah. that I hope will get through. I think of a woman, a book that I read many years ago when I was first a Christian, and she was helping people who were Satanists get out of the darkness that they were in. And there were instances where, you know, there was one that really, I remember this one really well, where she brought the woman to her house. She was trying to help her. And God spoke to her spirit and said, don't turn the stereo on. And oh. our, it can be our second nature to say, well, well, why not? Like, what's the big deal? I'm just going to turn the stereo on and, and just not listen to that voice. And so, but in this case, she did listen and there was a bomb yes. in the stereo, you know? And so, mm. I mean, that might seem outlandish, but that I believe is what we're about to come in into because yes. it's interesting because so many people in our world, so many young people, so many people just generally are enthralled with the paranormal, with the supernatural, mm -hmm. the shows on television, movies, they're so dark and getting darker all the time, more paranormal activity, activity, and yet it's all from the darkness instead of yes. from the light. And I believe from, from God's truth, from Jesus. And I think that is what we are moving into, that he wants his people to listen. Because it really could be, as you've just explained, yes. the difference between life and death. In the book of Deuteronomy, he says, choose life or death, mm -hmm. yes, right? Make that choice. And we have to make yeah. that choice and decide who are we following and are we going to listen? And, and, you know, it's funny because God wants to be in every single thing of our life, every single thing. It, and, you know, I think that's the biggest thing I included, even taking your kids to school, that he wants to be in that. And he distinctly told me, turn around and leave your kids at home. What would have happened if that day, if I'd have made the different choice, right? I mean, we all walked away from it because of God's grace and mercy on me, right? He's teaching me. And every single thing he has given me in my life has been teaching. He has taught and taught and taught through different things in our family, different, different afflictions on my dog. He even used my dog to teach me a lesson, which was absolutely astronomical. Like I have a, a black lab border collie cross dog that's five years old. And this winter she couldn't get up. And I was like, what's wrong with her? And so I took her into a vet and I, I wanted them to do x-rays and I didn't know what was wrong because every week we had a prayer meeting, one more leg would limp and I would just pray over her. You know what, Lord, stop this, stop this. If this is an attack and if this is because I saw something that if the devil can't get through you, he'll go through your family and your animals and your pets or anything. So I just immediately pray over everything. Right. And I never, I never take away medical. So I, I took my dog to the vet and the, the vet said her, her um, ACLs are torn. And I said, but how is that possible? Because she's laid on my couch all winter long. I said, can they get weak? Well, not really. He said, but it's funny. She doesn't seem in any pain. And I said, well, I don't know what's happened then. And 
He said, no, it's her ACLs. He did a whole bunch of assessments. So he gave me pain meds if I needed it, but which I never used because she wasn't really in pain, but she can't stand in the back end. And so I kept going to that lady who prayed for me and I said, what is going on? I can't. And she said, Stacy, have you prayed about it? I said, I have, but I haven't really asked. And she said, Stacy, you need to actually spend time praying, like slow your life down, spend time praying over this dog. And so I laid my hands on her and I said, Lord, what is wrong with this dog? And he said, her cross is weak. And then I looked up her ACL and it's actually a cross tendon in her knee, but it's both of them. Both of them are afflicted. And I said, her ACL, her, her cross is weak. And he said, your cross is weak in your family. And I was like, I'm not reading enough to the kids. I'm not, we're not putting God center, right? Cause none of my family knew God either when, when this all happened to me. So this has been a whirlwind for my family and it has been me teaching with the generational sin They've, they actually very clearly understand that now. We've had, we've had a lot of experience with the generational sin and we've had a lots of looking into the family on both sides, my side and my husband's side, all four, <laughs> four mm. ancestry sides. And there is generational sin everywhere in it. There is Masons, there's alcoholism. That's a really interesting point because I don't know if people, even a lot of Christians, I don't know if they really think about the impact, but God talks about very clearly in his word that yes. when there is iniquity in yes. the family line, generational sin in the family line, it can visit that family for three to four generations going forward. And so yes. you might wonder, well, why do I have this propensity to this? It could be abuse. It could be alcoholism. It could be witchcraft. It could be all kinds of things. Yes. You mentioned some others, right? And yes. it, it, it affects you. And it might not even affect every person in the family the same way, but there is an influence because it's, it's a sin. It's like an open door from the spirit realm, from darkness to influence you, to control you, to sway you. And people don't even realize what's going on and why they have such a difficulty trying to, to deal with certain sins. Yes. And, and also like, from what I understand, you also, you have that, that weakness already when you're born. And then, so the first time you do it, it just opens that door more and more to the devil, right? Like this is what I'm understanding until it is just overcome and then you're not repenting. And then that cycle just keeps continuing. Right. And that, that's what's happening. And I've declared that this will be the last generation for generational sin in Jesus' name in this family. I declare that. And and my, my family knows that, but my, I wasn't doing enough with my family. We were doing hockey. We were doing so many things, and I wasn't doing enough with my family. And so I started praying more. And it was funny because um, the one day... I actually had all of my kids here. My my one is old enough that he's out of the house now, but he was here. And we prayed and I I cuddled up with her and I just laid hands on her and just gave her all the love in the world praying. And that dog got up so quickly that I, I actually couldn't believe it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because her cross is strengthening, right? And so it's funny because that prayer meeting where I met you, um, I, I actually said to my mother-in-law, do you want to come over and we'll listen to this prayer meeting? It was for our nation, right? And so we were praying. And when we were praying, God started talking to me. And he said to me, Stacy, why do you think she is here? And I was like, oh gosh, I don't know. In the meantime, we're supposed to be praying for the nation. And he said, I said, all your family. And he was quite firm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am supposed to pray with my mother-in-law. And so we did, and her and I, I, I said, I need to pray with you. You're here because we need to pray for our family, Kathy. We need to pray for the generational sin. We need to, we need to do these things. And so we prayed and it was powerful. It was, he heard, and, and I just praise him because I, I know he heard because I could feel it in my whole body. He aligned that to happen. He aligned the meeting to come and we prayed and he, he heard it and it's amazing. And so that, that next day I drove into the yard and that dog was bounding on all four legs, jumping straight <laughs> up in the air. And uh, God said, she will get up and walk. And I said, oh my gosh, yes, she will. Thank you, Jesus. Right. 
And so it's just funny because these are just some of the examples. And I also, one more story is my son, what we, we have cows. And so my son was out in the corrals and he actually was with a, a purebred who it was called poker face. And he came up to the house. He said, she's not poker face. She has, she's got a poker face, but she chased me down. And I said, she chased you down. And he said, yep. And I fell in the, in the poop in the middle of the corral and dad said, get up and run. And instead I got up and turned around and went boogity 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 boo. And the cow stopped and totally looked at me at a dead stop and turned around and took off and ran. And so that night I said, that's really funny, Tyler. And he said, oh, I don't think the cow was past that point yet. I think she just was right. You know, she was mad, but she wasn't at the crossroads and past the point. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was praying about it and praising God because regardless, his hand was in it. And he gave me this vision of this giant white angel that came up above my son's head that was like 30 feet high, right above Cooper's head. And this cow, like I could see the look on the cow's face and then the cow turned around and ran off. And I said, it was you, Lord. I knew, I knew it was you, but to be able to see his hand every single day in your family and the things that he's doing for your family. And, and you know, the only way that we're going to get this generational sin stopped is, is by turning from this sin, repenting and, and changing our ways, right? And my mother has actually moved here recently from, from the city and she's moved down here and it's amazing because now she's going to church with us. And it, I just see his hand, it is moving 150% in, in my family. And I'm just so grateful because I know that he will heal my family and I know that this, this generational sin will stop. And, and I'm just so thankful, it's amazing. Yeah. And it just takes the beginning, right? It takes yes. the beginning. I mean, when I became a Christian, like I said, I'm the only born again Christian in my family. And for the longest time, my husband was the only born again Christian in his family. Now his yes. sister is as well. And, you know, slowly, but it's, it's got to stop. And we've dealt with all kinds of generational sin as well. Yeah. It's, it's a process. It's a long oh. process as I, I mean, I, there's a long story. I, will, I won't get into this, but it's, I talk about it a little bit in my, in my testimony on the, on the channel, but you know, when I first became a Christian, I remember one day I was at a prayer meeting and the Lord revealed darkness in me that I had no idea was there yeah. and it freaked me out. And I said, I said to him, I said, well, how is this possible? I thought I was born again. How, how can this darkness be with me? Yeah. And, and I, he made it really clear. I spent the next, you know, full day just in prayer with him. And he made it really clear. He said, cause I became a Christian, you know, later in life, like you, I, when I was 34 and he said, when you became a, a born again, Christian, your spirit was born again, but your mind, your will and your emotions essentially your soul and your flesh were exactly the same. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, it talks about in Romans 12 to be a living sacrifice and to conform your will to his will, to mm -hmm. basically make your mind obedient to the mind of Christ. And so yes. that is a process to basically have your soul, your, your basically your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions in submission to your born again spirit, which is in submission to God's Holy Spirit and your yes. flesh in submission to all of that. That is a process. And it that's really why, you know, God says we need to work out our salvation. And mm -hmm. um, it, it is definitely, but it's definitely worth it. And and it's interesting to hear you talking about, about listening to God's voice because, you know, I spent 34 years very self-sufficient, I did whatever, and I was very capable. And that was the first thing that the Lord said, I want you to be completely dependent on me. Mm. And so, you know, in my case, and this is just my story, we're all different, right? In my case, I, I quit my job, sold everything I owned, and just started to follow him. He wanted yes. me to be completely dependent on him, right? And mm -hmm. it's it's something that we need to learn to do because it's a lot easier to just do things the way you're going to do them. Yes. You know, and, and to follow make, your own will, right? Follow your own will, make your own decisions. It, it takes a lot less time and Hey, I'll just do this. Mm -hmm. This makes sense in my, this makes sense. Like you said that day to drive mm -hmm. your son, right? It, it makes sense. But God sees the whole picture. He yes. sees the future, which we don't see. 
And more and more as we're moving into this very uncertain future, it's with him when I, I, I don't know what the future is going to be, but I see and I follow him. I don't see him, but I, yeah. it's a spiritual thing, right? It's a spiritual relationship, listening to his voice and I trust him. Yes. And that's where the peace comes, right? That's and where the you know, peace it's comes. It's funny because what just came to my head is do not lean on your own understanding for in all ways, it doesn't say in some of your ways, in all ways, seek the Lord and he will make your path straight. So yeah. Everything, even even taking your kids to school, right? I mean, it's it's just it's amazing when you see that his hand is in every single thing in your life. Like even even this interview, it was I was on that I was on that meeting and I was on there all day. And it was funny because he said to me exactly when he wanted to say, "Tell your story," and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a telling story meeting. It was a prayer meeting but he wanted me to tell my story. And I'm like, I'll listen, I'll listen, <laughs> right? And I guess that's the fear of the Lord, the respect you have for him, because he, you know that he saves you constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. If we can the supernatural and see what he actually saved us from, wow, it would be quite something. That's a really good point. If we could see the supernatural, and this is something that I don't think people really could understand. I don't think perhaps even a lot of Christians might not even really see yeah. this, that the spiritual world is the re the real world. I mean, yeah. this is real, but it's, we are in the physical realm, but the spirit yes. realm is what is actively controlling us all the time, influencing us all the time in many ways that people might not even be aware of. And yeah. so that's the thing that we need to always be, uh, you know, thinking about that. So I want to get to when you talked about hearing God's voice. God is a spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. And so he's connecting with me in my spirit. It's a spirit to spirit. How do you explain that to people that you connect with when, when you say, you know, God told me? What do you, how do you explain that? Well, I actually explain it as a thought bubble almost. It almost felt, feels like it's a bubble outside of my head. And, you know, if you want to go to somebody who doesn't believe in God, when I went, go back to the story of my son with Ryder, right? And I was standing at the sink. I would never think, go check on Ryder, go check on Ryder, go check on Ryder, right? And it just kept nagging and nagging. And that happened with my mom with a pulmonary embolism. She would have died. And he kept saying, go phone your mom, go phone your mom, go phone your mom. And I was heading to hot lunch with potatoes. So... It's, it's this nagging thought. It's also things that I would never think. Like, I would never say my sheep hear my voice. I actually had heard the scripture, but I had never read the scripture. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. Now I have. <laughs> but at that time, I hadn't. I had to do a backwards lookup and I googled my sheep hear my voice and it took me into John, right? And so he actually kind of backwards taught me because I'd never read Deuteronomy 28 either. And so I don't know those verses. I don't even know if Deuteronomy has 28 chapters. So it's not within my knowledge even to say those things. It's not within my knowledge to know that my son is choking. It is like a supernatural knowledge that he gives you. And when you ask him, you have your hands on your dog and you say, what is wrong with my dog? Well, I would think her ACLs are pulled and torn is what the vet said. But he tells me her cross is weak. So when I look up the ACL ligament and it's a cross, I know that was from him right? Because I didn't even know it was a cross ligament. I just thought it was like a human. And that's what I assumed. So that is how I would describe God's voice. And, and God's voice is always kind and love and and glorifies him. It always glorifies him. Like when he tells me to tell somebody about Jesus, that's not my thought, because it's a very vulnerable thing to just sit down and be like, okay, well, can I tell you what happened to me? You know, so that's not my thought saying I should tell them about Jesus. It is him saying, tell them. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's how I describe God's voice, but it always comes from love. It's, it's never anything mean, like hug them, like be, be there with them. When I, when he told me about praying with my mother-in-law, it was, it was actually our father is he can, he can be, I, I'm sure he's frustrated with me sometimes because I'm slow learner maybe, but he said, all your family. And it was quite forceful. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought to pray with my in-laws or anybody else in my family, right? I do pray with my mom, but I never thought to pray with my in-laws and my mother-in-law is seeking and she's known God her, her whole life. But, you know, she, she knows God. She's, she's a wonderful person, but it, but this is a next level that she's heading into now. Right. And he wants and, everybody to know him, right? He wants yes. everybody to know him and, and he to wants know, us to, to really, because that word know is a really intimate word. It's a word, yes. you know, that's why I said my, my sheep hear my voice. It's yes. a very, it's a personal relationship. It's very yeah. intimate, right? And you know, someone said to me, well, how do I get to hear his voice? I said, ask him, ask him, what is your voice? And that's actually what happened to me because I was driving in the road and I'm like, I don't know, how am I supposed to know who you are? And I actually was saying it in my head. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know how I'm going to hear your voice. This was at the beginning. And how do I know when it's something you want me to do? And it was the first time he gave me a head to toe chill. And I said, so when this is something that is good and you want me to do it, then you're going to give me a chill. And then he gave me another chill. And by the time I reached the highway, I was full out laughing because I was covered in chills for like 30 seconds constant. Like it just never went away. And I was laughing. I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I get it. Thank you so much for showing me. Right. But he, you know, it's asking him, how do I communicate with you? Because he wants that relationship with you. And I wanted it with him because I knew, I knew he did this to me for a reason you you don't get overcome with spirit for just your own choice like it, it was it was an overwhelming overcoming is what i say so i knew that i had a purpose to fulfill and then when that lady told me about my family i'm like my family will be saved because of this because of god because god answered a prayer thank you so much jesus right so then th then i really started to be obedient because i want that of course i want that for my family and I, and I want to serve him. I want, I want to do whatever he wants me to do because I know my family has been so blessed, like constantly blessed with this. So I want to serve him. I want to do more to bless us more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why he died on the cross. Yes. That's why he exactly. resurrected. He wants every person from every nation around yes. the world to know him. Yes. and to ask to know him. Yes. Yeah, it's uh and and that's where he wants us to share. And when you said, you know, go talk to this person about me because he knows that person is ready. Yes. I I, I found that, you know, and what he asks to say is different to each person because this person might be ready to hear this part, this person might be ready to hear this part, but I think more and more people really want to know the truth from a supernatural perspective. And I, and I believe, I believe things are, are really going to happen in that regard in the future. And you know, it's funny because he doesn't want to just save our family. He wants everybody saved. That's his desire. Mm -hmm. He loves us all sinners or not. He loves us all. And it was funny because he put me in a situation a couple months ago where it, there, it was a very supernatural situation. Somebody didn't show up to do something and I got placed in that situation. And I knew because somebody didn't show up and I, I was like, oh, that's really weird. And, you know, you're out and about and in different town and stuff like that. And this is in uh, in the city where I was uh, that day. And I sat down because he said, I said, what do you want me to do, Lord? And he said, sit down. And I said, OK. So I sat down and the conversation just led. And it was a man who used to be a believer. Uh, his dad was a pastor and he turned away because he just turned away. I'm not sure all the details about it, but he turned away and he actually was mad at God and, and he was, a, you know, an elderly sixties man. And so I said, okay, well, what am I here for? I actually kept saying, what am I here for? And God said, tell him. And so I said, okay, you know what? I used to feel like that. And I remember feeling just like you. And this happened to me at the beginning of the pandemic. And I, I told him kind of a fast story of it, but I told him about our accident. And after the conversation, he got up and he said, you know what? I haven't felt like this forever. And I was like, oh, praise you, Lord, because God knew that that's what he needed. But, you know, I found out about three weeks ago that this man passed away from a heart attack. And this just happened probably six weeks ago. So a month before this man died, God placed me in this man's path and told and, and it just... 
it rocks me because I know that had nothing to do with me. I was there at that place because God wanted me there. And then that happened because God wanted those words said to that man. He wanted to save that man, right? So it's amazing when you see the love of the Father for all of these people. It's just astronomical. It's wonderful. It's hard to even fathom, actually. Isn't it? It really is. It really is. You know, it, this has been such a a pleasure speaking with you because, you know, you've talked about things and experiences that I can really relate to. That's awesome. But for most of my Christian life, I it's hard to find people who I can relate to even in the church. Um, yes. And my hope and prayer is that people will, whether Christian or non-Christian, you know, that we're all, God knows who's written in the book of life. And my prayer is that many, many will come to know him in the years to come. And, um, and that they will experience not only hearing his voice, but mm. the power of the, of the gospel, yes. what yes. the gospel actually is, what Jesus did for us, God yes. himself in the flesh. He yes. literally came and, and allowed himself to be put into a physical body. I mean, I can't even fathom it so that yes. we can have a relationship and be connected to the source of life. It, it, it's hard to even fathom. And I'm so eternally grateful all the time. And I'm really, it's been a real blessing to meet you. And thank you for sharing your story because my hope is that it will resonate with people to know that we're not talking about religion here. We're not talking about yeah. those words in the Bible. Those are real words from yeah. the heart of God himself. He speaks those words and brings them to life. It's, it's a living word. He, Jesus Christ, is the living word. And um, I think he's going to reveal himself more and more as he has to you, as he has to me, to people in the future. That is my prayer. Why, yes, don't, we, my why don't we end in prayer, if you don't mind? I've kind of just prayed a little <laughs> bit there without thinking about it. But um, would you like to, to pray to end this interview off? Sure. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to... Um, share my story and share my story from a person who's gone from a non-believer to slain in your spirit, Lord. And I thank you so much. I thank you that, that you love us all so much. And Lord, I just pray that the people who watch this, that their eyes and ears open to the message that is given through this, Lord, to listen to your voice, to obey you, because you are the king of all kings and you will bless us, Lord, when we listen and obey, just like you blessed Noah and you've blessed so many people. In your, in your stories all throughout the Bible, Lord. I thank you so much for those blessings. And Lord, I just pray that people will see and hear messages and that they will start asking questions. Um, they will recognize the spiritual war. They will recognize just everything that is going on in this world, Lord, and how you, how this is all prophesied in the Bible, Lord, that the Bible is not something that you should have your arms up about, Lord. It is your beautiful word and it is a a more a moral code of ethics for us to follow and it is just stories of your promises and how wonderful you are lord and i just pray that people can see what the truth of what the bible is and read it lord and just really resonate with it lord and i just pray blessings upon gaytine and and her podcast lord that it may reach the people you want it to reach we know it will and i thank you lord for all the opportunities you give us i thank you for your protection and i thank you most of all for your love and your death on the cross lord and and our freedom from sin. Lord, that we may repent to you, turn from our wicked ways, and Lord, I pray for our nation to be healed. I thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And Father, I thank you for Stacy. Thank you, Lord, for how you have protected her family through the accident and all these other experiences that she's talked about. I thank you for her and the work that you're doing in her life and in her family's life and in her community. I pray that you would continue to give her 
an even greater voice and that you give her open opportunities to talk to more and more people. Even through this interview, I pray that this interview and the words that she's spoken will reach many people and show them how real you are, that you are here and that your arms are open and that you want people to come to know you. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you for what you're doing. And I just pray that you would help each and every one of us know you more, that we would deepen in our faith that we would, our love for you would grow. Help us to stay humble before you, Father. Help us to hear your voice even more clearly every single moment of every single day, that that you would be the center always of everything that we do. And that, um, yeah, that every single person in our families would come to know you and realize who you are. Thank you, Father. We just ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I could talk to you all day, and uh, it's been a real blessing. Thank you so much, Stacey. And uh, I'm sure we will chat again. I want to find out, uh, get an update on what the Lord's been doing in your hometown and within your family and all of that. So thank you again. I really appreciate your time. And we overcame a lot of different technical difficulties, including (laughs) the camera turning off twice. Yes, (laughs) Never had that happen before. And it turned off twice, but we overcame. And that's a part of the the journey of perseverance. So thank you again. Thank you very much. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. When I accepted that Jesus is the truth that I had been seeking and the only way to eternal life, I was forever changed. In that moment, Jesus rescued me out of the kingdom of darkness and delivered me into his kingdom of glorious light. He truly set this captive free. So what about you? Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. When you're ready to receive Jesus as your Savior, just talk to him. He's waiting for you with open arms. Our Creator calls. Are you listening? There is one love, one truth, one way to know. When you turn to the sun, all darkness must go. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness.